Now from Tobago, son and daughter of his soil. God Jordan and Lenora Jordan. We come to give God praise to lift up his holy name. Because he said in his word, if he be lifted up, he will draw souls down to him. So here we are to lift up his holy name. That soul be saved. So, it's a pleasure being here once again, and all the glory goes to God for actually having me here once again. So, today, I want us to continue the topic... And the, the topic today will be, was worshipping on Sundays introduced by Constantine or by some Pope as our Sabbath-keeping friends teach? Now, the scriptures taken will be from the King James Version Bible. So I'm about to start in the next two minutes. Hallelujah, hallelujah, 
All right. So, in treating with the topic that I mentioned was worshipping on Sundays introduced by Constantine or by some pope as our Sabbath-keeping friends teach. What I would like to do is to touch just slightly upon the historical side of this topic, right? And we will compare the times in which this phenomenon was practiced and relate it to the emergence of the papacy. Now, to see if worshiping on Sundays could possibly have been started by the Roman Catholic Church, as we know of our Sabbath-keeping friends falsely claim today. Now, against the background of the Seventh-day Adventist heresy, it is that the early Christians kept the Sabbath until that custom was changed by Emperor Constantine or some Pope of Rome. Now, I tender the following biblical and historical refutation of this end-time hypocritical Sabbath keepers heresy. So, proof number one. We all know that from Pentecost Sunday, on which 3,000 souls were baptized and simultaneously added to the church, which is found in Acts chapter 2, verse 41. So you could turn your scriptures to Acts chapter 2, verse 41. And it says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Now, more than 200 years elapsed before the papacy was established. Now, in addition, it is a biblical fact that hundreds of years before Constantine or any pope ever existed, the God-ordained tradition of worshipping on Sundays was well established. Now, this fact can be proven by reading Leviticus chapter 23, verse 14. So, let's turn our scriptures to Leviticus chapter 23, verse 14. And ye shall eat neither bread, nor parched corn, nor green ears, until the selfsame day that ye have brought an offering unto your God. It shall be a statue forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. Now, in Leviticus chapter 23, we're going to focus on verse 10 to 12 and 14. So verse 10 to 12, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When ye be come into the land which I give unto you, and shall reap the harvest thereof, then ye shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest, and ye shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted for you. On the morrow after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. And ye shall offer that day when ye wave the sheaf and heal him without blemish of the first year for a burnt offering unto the Lord. And we'll go to verse 14. And ye shall eat neither bread nor parched corn, nor green ears until the selfsame day that ye have brought an offering unto your God. 
It shall be a statue forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. Now, please note that this feast of first fruits, which was to be held on Sunday, was to be observed by the Israelites forever, as we read in Leviticus chapter 2, verse 14. So for those who might not have their Bibles at hand, I'm going to read from Leviticus chapter 2, verse 14. Leviticus chapter 23, verse 14, right? And you shall eat neither bread nor parched corn nor green ears until the selfsame day that ye have brought an offering unto your God. It shall be a statue forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. Now, this being so, the children of Israel worshipped God on Sundays, hundreds of years before Rome emerged as a world power. Now, the day of Pentecost, on which the New Testament Church of Jesus Christ was formally established, was certainly a Sunday. And that New Testament, Pentecost Sunday, was only 50 days after Jesus' resurrection. Now, the question to be asked, was it coincidental that the New Testament Church of Jesus Christ was inaugurated on a Sunday? Well, the answer to that question is no, not at all. Because the inauguration of the New Testament Church of God on Pentecost Sunday was foreordained by God himself. For that event and the day on which this important aspect of church activity was to take place was minutely detailed by Moses in the book of Leviticus chapter 23 from verse 15 to 21. Right? Now, hundreds of years before the Roman Empire was established. So, let's read Leviticus chapter 23 from verse 10 to 21. And you will discover for yourself that the Feast of Pentecost, which foreshadowed the outpouring of the Holy Ghost on the church, was foreordained by God himself to take place on the 50th day after the Feast of First Fruits. So turn to Leviticus 23, verse 10 to 21. Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, when ye become into the land which I give unto you, and shall reap the harvest thereof, then ye shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest. And he shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted for you. On the morrow after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. And he shall offer that day when he wave the sheaf and he lamb without blemish of the first year for a burnt offering unto the Lord. And the meat offering thereof shall be two tent bills of fine flour mingled with oil, an offering made by fire unto the Lord for a sweet savour, and the drink offering thereof shall be of wine, the fourth part of an hymn. And ye shall eat neither bread, nor parched corn, nor green ears, until the selfsame day that ye have brought an offering unto your God. It shall be a statue forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. 
and ye shall count unto you from the morrow after the Sabbath, from the day that he brought the sheaf of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be complete, even unto the morrow. After the seventh Sabbath shall ye number fifty days, and ye shall offer a new meat offering unto the Lord. Ye shall bring out of your habitations two wave loaves of two tenth days. They shall be of fine flour. They shall be bacon with leaven. They are the first fruits unto the Lord. And ye shall offer with the bread seven lambs without blemish of the first year, and one young bullock, and two rams. They shall be for a burnt offering unto the Lord, with their meat offering and their drink offerings, even an offering made by fire of sweet savor unto the Lord. Then ye shall sacrifice one kid of the goats for a sin offering, and two lambs of the first year for a sacrifice of peace offerings, and the priest shall wave them with the bread of the first fruits for a wave offering before the Lord with the two lambs. They shall be holy to the Lord for the priest, and ye shall proclaim on the selfsame day that it may be an holy convocation unto you. Ye shall do no servile work therein. It shall be a statue forever in all your dwellings throughout your generations. Now, since the Feast of First Fruits fell on a Sunday, 50 days after First Fruits must also be a Sunday, even Pentecost Sunday. Now, if you please, to my dear Sabbath keeping friends, so, whichever Sabbath-keeping faction you might belong to, be it the mainstream SDA or the Worldwide Church of God or the Assemblies of Yahweh or the Davidians, better known as the Shepherd Rods, or the Thusians of Trinidad or Truth for the Final Generation or the Three Angel Friends, to whichever group you belong. Be it known unto you that the New Testament church of the living God, which is found in 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 15, was inaugurated on a Sunday and not on any other day, not even on the Sabbath day. This is surely and historically supported biblical fact that will withstand all your futile heretical attacks. Now, also on that first New Testament Pentecost Sunday, the Apostle Peter preached his first Holy Ghost-induced sermon. On that said Sunday, the first post-resurrection evangelistic service was held my dear Sabbath-keeping friends, also on that Sunday, the early New Testament church held a water baptismal service. In other words, the New Testament church of God was officially established, not on a Sabbath day, as our friends would have hoped, but on a Sunday, as God had planned even before the foundation of the world. Now, can any Sabbath-keeping zealot disprove what I just said 
the divinely appointed and biblically supported facts? And can they still claim that the introduction of worshiping on Sundays was instituted by some pope who did not even exist until hundreds of years after Pentecost Sunday? Now, I doubt that very much that they can. Now, if they try, I'll just remind them of the destiny of all the liars which is found in Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. So I will read Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Yes, brethren, worshipping weekly on Sundays in this dispensation of grace was initiated by Jesus Christ. Read John chapter 20 from verse 17 to 19 and verse 27. And confirmed by the Holy Ghost 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now this fact is confirmed in Acts chapter 2 from verse 1 to 41. And this event was before foreshadowed by God in Leviticus chapter 23 from verse 15 to 21. Hundreds of years before the Roman Empire and by extension, Emperor Constantine or any Pope for that matter even existed. Now, proof number two. Now, Sabbath keeping friends, all the sects of the Sabbath keeping friends. For your second biblical proof that worshiping on Sundays is as old as Christianity itself and existed long before there was any prophecy, please read Acts chapter 20 from verse 6 to 12 where it is evident that the apostle whom God ordained to be the apostle too and teacher of the Gentiles, the apostle Paul, which can be confirmed in Romans chapter 11 verse 13, Galatians chapter 1 from verse 11 to 12, 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 7, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 11. I repeat, Romans chapter 11 verse 13, Galatians chapter 1 from verses 11 to 12, 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 7, and 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 11. Now this conducted his weekly worship services on a Sunday. Now on this particular Sunday service, he preached for hours. He celebrated the Lord's Supper as Christ instructed him, which can be confirmed by reading 1 Corinthians chapter 11 from verse 23 to 26, Galatians chapter 1 from verses 11 
to 12. Now, in addition to preaching and celebrating the Lord's Supper, he raised the dead in that service, thereby establishing his apostleship. Now, the above weekly service, brethren, was held on a Sunday in keeping with the apostolic tradition of St. Paul's Day. Now, this Sunday service was held about A.D. 59, many, many years before Emperor Constantine was born. My dear Sabbath-keeping friends, this fact can be historically verified, so please check it out. Now, since the Apostle Paul received his doctrinal directives from Jesus Christ himself, one can be sure that the apostle was simply obeying our Lord when he held his weekly communion service on Sundays. Proof number three. When the apostle Paul, by epistle, instructed the saints at Corinth to lay aside some of their substance for the saints on the first day of the week, and further informed them that he had already given a similar directive to all the churches of Galatia, hundreds of miles away, as can be proven by any Bible atlas, he was simply informing them that when they held their re regular weekly service on Sundays, they were to put aside a portion of their substance for the saints. That can be confirmed by reading 1 Corinthians chapter 16 from verse 1 to 2. Now, this directive, brethren, was written about AD 6-1, hundreds of years before there even existed a Pope. With this, you must agree. Therefore, your teaching that ascribes the tradition of worshiping on Sundays instead of on Saturdays to Constantine or any Pope is doctrinally baseless, to say the least. If you did not know this before, please update yourselves accordingly. Now, to be sure, my dear Sabbath-keeping friends, I am aware of the false posturing of the Catholic religion when it claims that it has changed the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday. But based on this study, you would have learned that that is nonsense. Since the New Testament Sabbath is not a daily rest, but the rest of one's soul. For confirmation, read Jeremiah chapter 16, verse 16, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 29, or Hebrews chapter 4, verse 3. And if you would receive it, Isaiah chapter 28, from verse 11 to 12. Therefore, both you and they are in error if you accept the Sabbath-keeping friends' heresy. For long before the existence of the Roman papacy, 
Worshipping on Sundays was a well-established tradition of the Church of Jesus Christ, as I have given the scriptures and proven such recently. Now, proof number four. To my dear Sabbath-keeping friends and all the sects, the more erudite among you, beyond the shadow of a doubt, that the conclusions are true. But they dare not admit this to you without losing you. Therefore, they have to keep you in line with half-truths, inverted truths, and outright lies when it is convenient. For if you ever come to the knowledge of the truth, their religious business must go into receivership. Notwithstanding the scheme, you have to pray and your prayers must be answered. You must be honest prayers. Because reading the scriptures for yourself, you must be convinced that what the Apostle Paul the God-ordained teacher and apostle to the Gentiles, as the scriptures confirm in Romans chapter 11, verse 13, Galatians chapter 1, verse 11 to 12, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 7, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 11, taught and what your elders teach are poles apart. Now this being the case, the onus is now upon you, brethren. The onus is also now upon my dear Sabbath-keeping friends to do something with the knowledge which has been shared from me to you. Please, I pray that you accept the simplicity of the gospel. Heed Jesus' call of Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 29. Learn his ways as taught by the God-ordained apostle and teacher of the Gentiles, whom God has set forth as our example for confirmation. Read Philippians chapter 3 verse 17, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 1, 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 16, and enter into God's rest. For we which have believed do enter into rest. That is taken from Hebrews chapter 4, verse 3. Now, proof number 5. My dear Sabbath-keeping friends, irrespective of whichever sect you happen to belong to, please be informed that when true Christians assemble on Sundays to worship their God and King, they are not following the dictates of any pope at all. Instead, they are following the God-foreshadowed directive of worshipping God in a new way, fulfilling the new meat offering feast foreshadowed in Leviticus chapter 23 verse 16. And this new meat offering feast was fulfilled on Pentecost Sunday, which can be confirmed by reading Acts chapter 2 from verse 4 to 41. This feast speaks of fellowship 
with God in the spirit. Proof number six. Brethren, when true Christians worship God on Sundays, we are simply following the doctrinal directive which the Apostle Paul, the God-ordained Apostle too, and teacher of the Gentiles, which can be confirmed by reading Romans chapter 11, verse 13, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 7, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 11, which he gave to the churches, which he founded, churches stretching from Corinth in Greece in the West to all the churches in far away Galatia, meaning Turkey in the East. And what was this directive that the apostle Paul gave to the Corinthian and Galatian churches? No, the directive is, now concerning the collection or gifts for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God had prospered him, that there be no gathering, meaning taking up of gifts when I come. Those verses are taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 16, from verse 1 to 2. This directive is conclusive evidence that all the Pauline churches worshipped weekly on Sundays in the first century. Now, my final proof, which is proof number seven. So my dear Sabbath keeping friends, based on what was said above, it is the God given Holy Ghost taught facts which have withstood all past and present attacks. They were all taken from the very Bible that we read. You may choose never to accept them, but know for a fact that you can never ever refute them. Of this, I am absolutely sure. For all the references of worshipping on Sundays in this dis dispensation of grace, which I cited, took place within the first 45 years of the establishment of Christianity. And at that time, we all know for a fact that no papacy, no Constantine existed. Therefore, it is grossly unfair for you to continue to teach that worshiping on Sunday was instituted by Emperor Constantine and the papacy and is therefore the mark of the beast. As I close, I repeat, when we assemble on Sundays for our weekly services, we are following the Christ initiative of John chapter 20 verse 17 to 19 and verse 27 the holy ghost endorsed confirmation of acts chapter 2 from verse 1 to 41 the apostolic tradition of acts chapter 20 from verse 6 to 12 and the apostolic directive of first corinthians chapter 16 from verse 1 to 2 therefore assemblies of christian brethren I urge you to worship God on this new day 
following the God-ordained apostolic way. Even on Sundays, the first day of the week, the day on which our Lord was declared to be the Son of God with power by the resurrection of the dead. That is taken from Romans chapter 1 verse 4. You can also follow that up by reading Mark chapter 16 verse 9. For God foreshadowed it in Leviticus chapter 23 from verse 10 to 14, 15 to 21. Jesus Christ initiated it in John chapter 20 from verse 17 to 19 and verse 27. The Holy Ghost confirmed it in Acts chapter 2 from verse 1 to 41. The Apostle Paul practiced it in Acts chapter 20 from verse 6 to 12 and gave apostolic directive to observe it in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 from verse 1 to 2. So from the above biblical evidence that I just gave, we know for a fact that worshiping weekly on Sundays was not, I repeat, from the above biblical evidence that I gave, we know for a fact that worshiping weekly on Sundays was not initiated by Constantine nor some Pope of Rome, but by Jesus Christ himself. Please read for yourselves John chapter 20, verse 17, 19, and 27, if in doubt. Now to you, my dear Sabbath-keeping friends, as I close, I asked you to please read the scriptures that was given and understand why worshiping on Sundays is doctrinally approved. So this is the end of my segment. I will be live next week. Please have a safe and productive week. Remember that Jesus Christ will be returning soon. So please prepare yourselves for his return.